Welcome back, everyone, to The Snapshot, episode 31. My name is Brendan Patrick. I'm joined by none other than Marvel Snap, Phenom, and future upcoming competitor, KM Best. KM, how is your... I just noticed my... my, It was off. It was off. (laughs) I think I messed you up. It was off. All right. My week in Marvel Snap, uh, it's prep for Conquerors, baby. Mm -hmm. I am overwhelmed by the amount of support that I've gotten. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I'm going to do my best to prep as hard as I can. I've still got a couple upcoming guests. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, they'll probably all have been on there. But I think actually if this comes out on Monday, Brendan and uh, W will be on my stream on Monday. And they'll be the final two coaches that I have. My first day of prep, uh, I went 11-0 and in Conquest. I didn't lose a single game. So obviously all I need to do is take that and do that during the actual competition. <laughs> no, it's just that easy, man. Just never lose. So for someone listening that's like never heard, doesn't know what Conquerors is, haven't heard anything about it, can you just take us, you know, from the top? What is a tournament? You know, what's happening? And then dive a little bit into the format, round structure, et cetera. Great question. I'd love to. There's a lot of confusion about that right Mm -hmm. now. So the way I understand the tournament is that it is going to be uh, whoever has the longest win streak, both within the three-hour broadcast of the tournament and the... 48-hour leaderboard window after the tournament will be the winners. Uh, I don't know how prizing will be handled there. I believe at the original plan was prizing would be handled only via for the winner of the leaderboard. I know a bunch of people pushed back on that, and they were like, all right, uh, can we can we get it for both? And now there's currently like debates over, like, okay, should it be fastest time? Basically, what happened was there was like a little bit of pushback from the creators, and it kind of opened the floodgates, I feel mm-hmm. like. And now there's a lot of things that are more up in question than they should be. But uh, just for the record, and I've told them this, if it were me, I would simply say you should give prizes for the person with the longest win streak in the three hour broadcast and for the longest win streak in the 48. That's pretty straightforward to me. Interesting. So you guys are playing conquest matches like just against whoever you queue up against. You're not playing. Yeah, it's all it's all in infinite conquest. But like, honestly, like I I, I feel like on. (laughs) be honest i feel like maybe they kind of messed up a little by being like hey give us your input because now like every single person in there is proposing like alternate formats and it's like all right okay <laughs> that's clearly not gonna happen like, yeah. it's like too many cooks in the kitchen simple. yeah that, that tends yes. to happen that that's really interesting though because i mean that's a different dynamic in terms of metagaming and sort of deck ideology that you might take to a tournament like this versus something where you know if this had been maybe a round robin tournament or something you know swiss cut the to top eight normal something like like that how has that affected the way that you're viewing the metagame are you looking for a deck that can close out games quicker maybe they can eight cube opponents more consistently that's not that's not my worry what's your worry i'm looking for a deck that prevents me from getting sniped effectively okay that that's that i mean there's another there's another sort of dynamic so talk to me talk to me about that what that means obviously we know what sniping is that means people are watching your stream but what what does it mean to have a deck that can't be uh, sniped effectively well, it means the less reliant I am on cards like Shang-Chi and Enchantress, the better off I am, basically. Mm-hmm. The less I am vulnerable to those cards, if I can pull that off, the better it is, too. Mm. Uh, like, the Thanos deck, people think, like, oh, well, they'll just predict your Professor X, but that's not actually that easy when you have, like, Jeff and Claw. Like, it's not actually the easiest thing in the world for them to predict your Professor X, so, like, like that, that, one, that one's in there. Uh, basically... 
the less I have to have, the less my plays are obviously counterable in ways that they wouldn't be just like on board, right? Mm. Like if I'm playing Lockjaw and I put a bunch of big dudes down off of a Lockjaw, I'm very clear on like my assessment of the game that they can get shang chi right? But if I am playing Lockjaw and I have priority and it's a 50-50 and I have to play a Hulk and they have a Shang-Chi and they're sniping me and they know where my Hulk is going to go, that's a much worse scenario. Basically, like I, what I'd be looking for is a deck that the onboard situation does not differ very much from the situation with all hidden information. Taken mm. Okay, so what are the logistics of the information that you will be revealing throughout this tournament? Are you personally streaming without delay? And is there a third party entity that is streaming you, you know, maybe you know, pulling your stream up that is also not on delay? Is that something that's happening? I don't want to be on delay, but I think given the amount of people who put their trust in me, I should be. Okay. I think I would be doing them a disservice not to be. And are they also streaming from another account platform and maybe pulling up your hand? I believe so. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's but so like, so for that reason, I think I just sort of have to. Do it. All right. So let's, let's dive a little bit deeper. So let's say all else being equal, you are, you are not being sniped, right? What other things do you consider when, potentially picking a deck for that type of tournament are you looking for a deck that can close that games faster since it is in this three hour period my i would say my own comfort is the thing that matters the most okay. uh, my understanding of when to snap in various matchups is what matters more than anything else it is not a a question of like okay so i need to do x y and z i need to do like, I don't, I don't want to be sitting there thinking, mm. is it the right time to snap? I want to have the deck sort of intuitively be there with me. And so a lot of my training is, is based around that, right? Like where it's like, I'm playing slowly now in order to know in the future, because I have spent a minute and a half reasoning this out, if I run into this scenario again, I know what, what I should do in it. I know that I should snap it. Yeah, and historically, has that been an aspect of your game that you've struggled with? I think you brought it up is sort of this this aspect of snapping and snapping correctly. Is that is that is that something that you've sort of pinpointed as a weakness in your in your game, or just something you feel like you need to show up overall? It used to be. Okay, I don't think it is now. Uh, before conquest, it was. Yeah, but conquest puts snapping in context. Right, okay. ladder is just an endless grind. Conquest makes them matter. And I think basically the first month of Conquest and my prep since then, just playing a bunch of battle modes. Yeah, I know what my weaknesses are. And I think right now I have two weaknesses that are bigger than that. Uh, mm -hmm. The first is I tend to default attack three lanes more than I should. And the second is I tend to uh, not retreat enough for big Q grades. Mm. so like i tend to be like well yeah. i'm like some amount of alive here let's play for eight and you know yeah. that might actually be correct in the context of the like the format of the tournament but it's not correct if you want to win yeah that that's something that i noticed a lot um when i was playing the tournament over in the uk was people retreating for large cube amounts retreating for those four cubes because you know dropping a four cuber well not really four cube but let's say like you know an eight cube or something like that in game two 
or even around game three, you'd be I'm dead. Little- yeah, you put yourself in a position where you, you've you already lost the game. And it feels very weird to, you know, maybe you snapped on turn one on a great opening play. Your opponent has perceived an advantage later, maybe turn three, they snap you back. And now in turn five, you realize you're like, you know what? I could I could win this game. I could win this game, but I'm very unlike. I'm un- at least unlikely to win this game. That's a hard retreat, that four-key retreat, because you, you yep. will be losing that conquest match. You will not be in a good position. But the thing is, you can win. If you lose the eight-cuber... It yep. is virtually impossible. You mentioned you mentioned picking a deck that you're comfortable with, right? You said that's your most important thing. Where sort of are you leaning right now in terms of the decks that are floating around in the metagame? Where do you feel most comfortable with the decks that are sort of in front of you at the moment? Honestly, I'm pretty comfortable on Thanos and I'm pretty comfortable on Darkhawk. I think my Darkhawk snaps need to be more aggressive. My Thanos snaps are wildly aggressive. Mm. Like Thanos, I am in it. Like, I am just in the zone when I play that. Uh, Lockjaw, I am wildly aggressive when I snap with that deck. And so I think you probably lean toward a deck like that and just jam as hard as you can. Mm. Uh, especially given the, you know, the Darkhawk stuff is like, if you're getting sniped, that's a real problem. But maybe the delay makes that not real, you know? Yeah. How have you found aggressive? You mentioned you're very, very aggressive with the Thanos deck. How have you found um, that sort of snapping strategy, snapping so great? How has that sort of made its way or I don't know. How has it played out in terms of conquest against these random opponents? Do they do they tend to sort of crumble under that pressure? Are decks that are able to snap aggressively, snap early? Do you feel like those decks are maybe harder for you sort of your median player to play against? Uh honestly. <laughs> The way Conquest is set up, a lot of the times when I'm snapping aggressively, what's happening is I'm losing four or winning eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, a lot, it's spin. not actually it's not actually like a lot of people are getting scared out or anything. They're just like, no, nah, I got this <laughs> tie to eight. And then, you know, usually, usually I, I can think of one eight cuber that I've lost in the last like week. Mm-hmm. I think I'm thinking of one. And several that I've won. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's, it's sort of, it's tough, right? Cause like you lose the four. I've lost so many. Oh my, I cannot stress to you how many four cube retreats I've had in like game one or two. Yeah. So many where it's just like, I've got lockjaw and wasp from snapping and then it just doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. But that's fine. I usually win. I can still win those. Right. The key thing I take away from it is like, if I get, if I go down six, that doesn't mean. I'm down 10-6. That doesn't mean I have to change how I play. I get locked on Wasp the next time. Yeah. If I think that's right, a snap, I'm still going to snap it. Yeah, <laughs> I think you have to take the ego aspect out of those snaps, right? Those snaps, like, it's not really you snapping. The deck just snaps. Yeah. Like, if you have... It ain't about you. It ain't about you. It is like, the deck just snaps in that scenario, and you're right. It won't win all the time, but, you know, it, it is the correct decision. At least we we have determined that to be to be true so far. There's an interesting paradigm going on during this tournament cam where you're sort of you're playing a much more high stakes match than your opponent is your opponent is queuing up their general infinity you know infinity conquest oh no 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 no. hold on it's not actually high stakes for me okay i don't get prizing based on how i so i'm not saying in terms of prizing i'm saying you are in this weird tournament scenario where you're more incentivized to win and you know you're maybe retreating for four like you said your opponents are staying in for eight frequently right where if it was like a tournament where people you know signed up or entered let's say you're playing you're playing swiss with no you're right yeah you're you're right you're right you're right there there probably is a sweat edge yeah here well it's not even sweat edges that your opponent's 
will probably stay in scenarios where in a normal tournament scenario, that would never happen, right? The, your, your other opponents, yes. they wouldn't play for the 10 percenter, but this person, you know, they're halfway through taking a poop and they're like, you know, fuck it, I'm going, you know, and then you've got to play against someone who's playing, playing for that out, um, which is really interesting. Let's, let's sort of back up a bit. Just some news. Uh, Legion came out. Legion is a 5-8 that says on reveal, replace each other uh, locations let's, with this can one. Can we take the victory lap? Can we take the victory lap on this? Okay. Because everyone is like, nobody said Legion would be good. It, we did, yeah. fucker. We did. We said we that. We did that. We, we actually did that. Yeah, it was like weeks ago. Um, Because yeah. the Legion... F so why, why, now that you've played with the card, why is Legion good? Is it... Tell everybody. Oh, because Bounce is dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's actually why. Like, if this were still the previous meta, it would be unplayable. Yeah. Like, let's, I, I do want to be clear about that, right? The one thing we were able to do was mostly be like, look, in a different meta, this is actually a useful effect. And then the meta changed and it was a useful effect. But that doesn't mean that people at the time were wrong for saying this is unplayable because like it, you could not play like a dark. Actually, here's the thing. I kind of think maybe you could have. I think it was you could have gone back in time and played like the Darkhawk stuff with the Invisible Woman Killmonger package. And it would have been like pretty good there. But I don't think anyone really had their eye on that list as a list that like was a high level competitive list at the time, to be honest with you. Like outside of my YouTube video, it kind of wasn't a thing people picked up on. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Um, as far as Legion, like basically the idea is if you are ever interested in a card that just translates as big Scarlet Witch, then you are interested in the card Legion. Yeah, that's actually like that's his baseline. His worst case scenario is like, oh, this is a big Scarlet Witch. And that doesn't mean you're always going to play him. Right. Uh, I noticed uh, W was playing a Thanos deck with Legion over Blue Marvel. I was watching a little bit and I was like, man, I really miss Blue Marvel here. <laughs> like, I really miss the ability to put power into other lanes. It doesn't mean he's like, like the best card in the game. But in terms of like versus a Black Bolt stature deck, what I think he does is let you sort of bridge between being a Black Bolt stature deck, which absolutely cannot play Doctor Doom. And you have Legion now and you can actually be like an Iron Lad Doom deck as well. So mm. there is there is that. Uh, there's also, of course, just like he's awesome with Luke Cage and Necrotia stuff. I had a phenomenal game on stream where we had Bar with No Name and Necrotia and I snapped and just didn't play anything. And my opponent figured out that I was waiting to legion the bar with no name and they also didn't play anything so i just legion to the necrotia and won <laughs> it's it's a unique little card it's a fun thing to play around with i do think he suffers a little bit from people are going to remember when he's good and not when he's just there yeah like there there's a little bit of that where like it was like oh my god legion is so good and it's like yeah he does things that no other card does but like he's like it's like I said when I was watching Thanos already or earlier it was like all right you know that Thanos list uh, could really use a blue Marvel more than this card probably <laughs> like yeah. it's a good card but Thanos already has so many contingencies covered right they have Reality Stone they have uh, they have the Luke Cage in there some of the time they have the Cosmo in there there's just so many things that they can mitigate already that. Maybe they don't need more location control, but it's definitely not a bad thing to have when your floor is a uh, big Scarlet Witch and your ceiling is uh, every magic deck eats shit. Yeah, I think that the we talked about this weeks ago, but this like a ceiling on Legion is I 
turn three of those locations on turn six into locations that absolutely hose my opponent. The floor is, yep. and which you'll and it's not really the floor, but pretty close to the floor, we'll say, is on turn six, I have three neutral to favorable locations, right? You, there, maybe you could have all negative locations and you you do roll it and it's still negative. That's that's the outlier where, yeah, the floor of Legion is basically neutral to favorable locations on turn six, which is not a bad card to the 5-8 stat line. Um, economical question for you, Cam. Legion mm. is the first card in the new system to come out that is 3,000 tokens. Um, it's still open. Buy it. Yeah, should you buy it with tokens? Yeah, I know you're you going to ask that. Uh, I would, I would, especially if you can get the rebate, uh, 500 tokens for winning games with Legion. But the major thing I would point out here is instead of using ashes on this, unless you're also missing Evo and Darkhawk, usually better to buy something that costs 3000 with tokens as opposed to using your caches, because those caches, uh, they can be applied with the same rate of return to a card that costs 6000. Mm hmm. Your tokens can only be applied at this rate to a card that costs three. So it's usually a little bit more cost efficient to use caches for series fives and tokens for series fours. Yeah. How how do you feel about the, the some of the the exclusive variants that are coming in the spotlight cache weeks? I find that those variants are actually pushing me to you know potentially open these caches rather than buy the card. Really, it, it happens. I mean, I see the max. I think it's the max Greke uh, high evolutionary, and I I kind of yeah. like it. It looks unique, right? And I'm like. You know, I could buy, I, I, we've talked about it before, I have plenty of tokens, I could buy Legion, but it's like, I kind of want that variant. I'm like, realize like, okay, I'm going to skip this week on Spotlight Caches, I'm just going to buy Legion, and I'll have to skip on that variant. Because the variant is really not worth it, unless it really, really means something to you, right? Like, ultimate variant level. I'm thinking of doing it for Thanos, because I already have, like, a perfect split on yeah. the Thanos split that I use, so I could use another one to, like, trick out. But that's, like, an extremely, like, luxury good. You know, mm -hmm. probably not worth doing. I might do it anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it it's it's awkward, but generally speaking, tokens should be applied to series threes and caches should be applied to series four. Or otherwise, mm -hmm. tokens should be applied to series four, caches should be applied to series five, generally. All right, back to the tournament preparation and prep. You know, while preparing for this tournament, you're bringing people on. Wait, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to be clear. Uh, when I say buy Legion, he's not the highest priority thing you can get. Mm. Like, if you're someone who is choosing between Jeff and Legion, you pick Jeff. If you are someone that is choosing between like Thanos or Evo and Legion, you probably pick the other ones. Like, that's like there are still going to be higher priority cards than him. I think he's probably lower priority than Dark Hawk and Zabu. Although, frankly, like you should probably just be opening caches if you're in a position where you don't have any of that stuff anyway, because you have Legion, Darkhawk, and High Evolutionary in the caches right now. Mm -hmm. um, I was saying, while preparing for this tournament, you're bringing people on to your stream to mm -hmm. play with them, sort of as like this this sort of coaching role. Talk to me a little bit about what that you know that looks like exactly. You know what the dynamic is, and sort of what your goal is with bringing on these different people, um, you know, to come play with you is. It's just duos. Uh, it's 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 having someone there to be like, yo, does this make sense? And then making sure you don't miss anything and then trying to apply the thought processes of having someone watching you to your own game. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed about myself is I'm very able to see the right play when I watch other people, but it's much harder to do that when I am playing myself. Yes. And so that is something I'm trying to work on specifically with this. Yeah, absolutely. I know 
preparing, you know, preparing like uh, for tournaments in the past, I do the same thing. Um, I think like two headed giant snap because it's it's so seamless and easy to do. You just you, know, you either literally stream on Twitch or you stream your screen to your friend. Um, it's super useful. You'll find that when you're not the person making the mechanic the mechanical decisions, although they are minimal, you know, dragging the card here yep. to there. Um, for some reason, expand your horizon of what you're seeing in the game. And it, when you're the person that literally can't press end turn, there's a lot of clarity in that. Because I know we've all been there where you click end turn and it's like, shit, you, you see the better play. And you, you don't know why you do it. You just, you don't take the time. You just rush it. Um, but it is very helpful. Do you think that these players have also, you know, do they help add a different perspective as well with some of these decks? Are you bringing players that specialize in certain strategies and certain decks? Not particularly. Mm. We ended up just bouncing around with Braude. It, it, it's more just about because I've already got like kind of a narrow field of decks I feel are actually good, right? Mm. With the potential to add like the Moon Girl stuff to it after its performance in the Snap Fan Open. I'm going to talk to Jet later, who won the Snap Fan Open, came in second with the same deck last week. It's clearly something I've overlooked, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, but right now, I just like going into that. I was like, all right, well, Darkhawk and Thanos are the only decks, right? Like they are the things everyone is going to come prepared to beat. And they are the things that are going to have to either stand up to that or not stand up to that. Mm. So is the litmus test for a deck both Darkhawk and Thanos? Or is there one deck that you really have to beat? No, it's both. Both. Okay. So you would say, predictably, you would say they're about, they would take like an equal half share of the metagame as like the S tier sort of not premier deck. But like, if you go look at the snap fan data, both were like the only decks over like 10%. Mm. So uh, only archetypes and, and like, like both of them had like double the market share of yeah. the next closest, which is Evo lockdown, which is for the record unplayable. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to clarify too. So when we say something like the, the litmus test of the format, this is like a, a deck building, um, I guess, ideology that you implement in order to sort of shortcut some time is like if you're you look at a meta game and you say what if what is the most represented what is the what is the best deck sometimes it is two decks right and then when you when you're brewing new decks you say if before I test anything else if I can't beat this deck then I just stop yeah. right we throw it in the we throw it yes. in the trash can we just stop because if we can't beat that deck there's no reason even if I can beat every other deck you know 90% it's still probably not a good choice because I expect so many people I think people. if you had a 90 yeah I know that's a little high that's I, think I, said, you, I, said, I think if you were pushing every other deck 90 and then lost to dark hog I'd be fine with that. Those decks do exist too. So the, these are, yeah, that's a whole nother corner of the metagame. But let's talk about the list specifically because you said Dan. Uh, let's talk about Thanos, right? So I have W's only from your Twitter. If you've changed anything, let me know. For audio listeners, Psylocke, Jeff, Cosmo, Super Skull, Shang-Chi, Iron Lad, Blue Marvel, Devil Dinosaur, Professor X, Claw, Spider-Man, Thanos. So I'm not sure if this is exactly the list that you plan on bringing, but you mentioned not wanting to be really reliant either. on tech cards. I mean, there's a couple deck cards in here. Uh, not really the same way, though, right? Like, you're talking about tech cards like Shang-Chi, which are like, it's very unlikely that it's like you end up in guessing game scenarios with a Shang, right? Mm. Either you have priority or you don't. You kind of know that by the time you go into it. Uh, and like Professor X, the thing this, re this deck really suffers against is just Killmonger mid-range. Yeah, where you're incentivized to just your good hands are you dumping like five stones and you're always going to have priority when you do that and they are always going to nuke you with Killmonger <laughs> and that is really tough. I had a game where 
I snapped on turn one. My opponent who was playing Thanos snapped me back on turn two. It turns out the reason they did that was because they played all six stones and they had priority. I killmongered them on turn three after they finished playing all their stones and they just lost six stones. And it's just like, okay, well, you're playing three cards the entire rest of the game. You play a card on four, a card on five, and a card on six. That's it. You're playing three cards the entire rest of the game without those stones. Mm -hmm. And it's just... If you can back up Killmonger, that kind of Killmonger, with, like, any reasonable amount of pressure, and Darkhawk has more than a reasonable amount of pressure against a Thanos deck that has, like, 20 cards in it, it is tough to beat. So what are, what are if you were to name some of the strengths of this deck, this, de- this deck and reasons to play it, what would sort of you point to? I know you've mentioned the Professor X a lot, but just expand a little bit about what this deck's game plan is and why it's so well positioned in the metagame. I actually think that like there's been enough targeting of it that it's a little bit tougher to deal with. Mm. There was a lot of Echo in... Uh, I actually have to buy Echo. That's not even a joke. I have to buy Echo if I want to give this a real shot. Even if it's a waste of 6,000 tokens, I care enough about doing my prep properly that I have to prep and like see if Echo is real. Um, Echo is just sort of unbelievable against this deck because of the amount of ongoings yeah. there are in it. And it's it's just a very, very awkward thing to deal with. I know Jet was playing Echo in his Moon Girl deck, and that seems extremely compelling to me. Because that is a deck that suffers against the main thing this deck does, which is Professor X into some other stuff, right? Mm. And I think one of the things that people don't get about this deck that like causes it to be, I guess, a little less effective for those people is you actually don't have another plan. Your plan actually is just always Professor X. Mm. <laughs> like, that, is, that is like, people think that like, it's like, oh, it's Thanos, you can get there. And you can, kind of, but like, you need to juice those Professor X games by so much. And you also like, it's also just genuinely a very difficult deck to play, I feel like, mm. where... What do you think makes it difficult? Like, you have so many options, mm-hmm. and in order to properly account for like all right so like stone placement early even right will end up mattering on like professor x turns because of priority because of what the stones are various locations like okay do you play a space stone into a white hot room even though you need that space stone later to clear off that white hot room, because if you don't play the space stone into the white hot room, you might lose the white hot room. There's just a bunch of like little things that pop up with that deck that make it very difficult, I think, to play. And there's a lot of little contextual things mm-hmm. that like just don't happen with another deck. Like Darkhawk is never going to have to make that decision because it's probably never going to win a white hot room. It plays one card a turn, right? (laughs) Like it's not going to be a huge issue for that deck. And so I think that like, that's part of the appeal of dark Hawk to me is that it's just like this deck. I'm not saying it plays itself, but it it does what it does. Like it is, is consistently just like, I'm playing some good cards. That's what you do. You play good cards. Yeah. I mean, whereas Thanos, it's like, it's a lot more, yeah touch and go thanos has been a deck basically since the inception of the card that 
has been, I, I don't know, it's been put up on this pedestal of being like one of the hard decks to play in Marvel Snap. Um, the few that exist. I think, I think it genuinely lives up to that reputation. You know, there, there was a version of this deck, the, the sort of the OG, uh, Thanos Lockjaw, when it was really overpowered, you could do the Quinjet zero cost thing. That deck was pretty easy to play. But the other versions of Thanos, I mean, there's a reason why, like, Lambie was like one of the only people playing this deck for, for a while. <laughs> um, because it does, it does well, genuinely have more decision trees than some other decks, I think. Yes. Like, there's just more to think about than in your average deck. And, like, that is, that is difficult. But on the other hand, this list does a really admirable job of taking all those things and making them just not matter. Yeah. Oh, you drew Mindstone? Fuck yeah. You drew Timestone, Professor X? Let's fucking go. Right? <laughs> like, it's, it's, there's, uh, there's like some real simplicity in Thanos where, like, paradoxically, it's one of the decks that, I won't say it's easiest to snap with, but it kind of is, right? Because like you can actually just follow these rules. Like, are you doing the Professor X thing? Are you playing Mindstone? All right, might as well snap them, right? What are you gonna are you gonna do? Not snap them? And like it's it's you know there's just not there's not there's something to that. I yeah, think not where for it's sure. like this is very complex and intricate deck, but also, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna steamroll you. Um, it's funny because I actually think you know recent sort of example i think bounce was a uh, overall it was a pretty easy deck in the end but actually being able to split up your power know exactly where to put it it was a little bit more complex it's obviously harder harder to play against bounce but at the same time my favorite thing about that deck is it had a lot of snap equity in the early game it was really easy to snap some of the earlier hands i actually think it's it's sort of part of the formula of what makes a great competitive marvel snap deck is easy easily easily recognizable patterns for early snap equity being able to do those turn one turn two turn three snaps where you have a sort of significant degree of confidence to be advantaged in that game and you know thanos has thanos has i think it was the premier deck the the, the example right was this sort of mind stone sort of early early snap it's it sort of you say was it still, it still is. is it still is <laughs> when i think about the deck like i was talking about this yesterday where it's just like if i draw mind stone i'm actually like yeah i still snap that every single time there's not a single matchup even actually i would go so i'll go further mindstone i would snap even in my worst matchup mm. because it's so good against your worst matchup which is dark hawk drawing all those stones early drawing cards is that's how you beat that matchup right and so like when you have a mindstone early it is just so much better than any other card even in your worst matchup, yeah. it is just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mainly point to Thanos because Thanos was the deck that really that shifted that that sort of paradigm for me. The early snapping, the aggressive snapping. When I saw that, you know, utilized in Thanos, you know, on, honestly, specifically by Lambie initially, I was like, oh, okay. And it really helped me sort of go down that path. And I think that this is this is actually we talked about it a little bit in the podcast already, but this is sort of a fundamental core statement of Marvel Snap for leveling up is you have to take the ego out of the snapping the deck snaps not you and mindstone sort of was that uh the inception of sort of that thought for me and that strategy let's talk about dark hawk because we talked about it a lot actually before we go there i was going to ask you one more question um you talk about cards you're weak against killmonger and echo what else does this deck struggle against so i'm not a hundred percent sure I honestly have felt pretty favored into those Moon Girl decks when I play this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can you give an example of like what the Moon Girl deck looks like, just for people who might know not know? 
Uh, you know, one drops armor, Cosmo, magic, Hulk, high evolutionary, She-Hulk, Moon Girl type stuff where it's just we're doing two She-Hulks yep. and a Hulk on turn seven. Uh, there's been some stuff where like they, they they have Legion now. Maybe some of them have Storm Legion as like a backup plan. There's some interesting things going on there, but mostly it's just, you know, the straightforward Moon Girl double up combo and we have once again, this is a pattern that I've noticed, right? Is a deck will show up and it'll have Infinite in it. And then people will take Infinite out of it and be like, oh, this is so much better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it happens every time. Yeah. Every time there's a deck that's like, ah, oh, it's an Infinite deck. And then, and then someone's like, all right, what if we put a card that we could actually play in there? And then the deck gets better every single time. Yeah. I mean, that it's yeah, it's really remarkable. Yeah, you're right. People man. don't remember that the original versions of Thanos Lockjaw had Infinite in it. And what you do is you do Time Stone on, five, on four, pass on five with six, and then Infinite She-Hulk. <laughs> People don't remember that. Hey, gone are the True. days. Gone are the days. All right. Darkhawk. The list. Korg, Zabu, Jeff, Killmonger, Darkhawk, Shang-Chi, Enchantress, Rockslide, Iron Lad, Legion, Doctor Doom, America Chavez. Is this the list that I just said out loud? Is that pretty congruent with what you sort of see the premier Darkhawk uh, deck list to be? I don't know if that one's better or worse or a side grade to the other one, which is like they're they're basically three Darkhawk decks. The first one is traditional Black Bolt stature. I did a video on this. It's called the police, right? Uh, the second one is the did the best deck just get better video on my YouTube where it's uh, instead of doing Black Bolt stature, we have like Luke Cage and uh, Legion. And that's like basically the the only swap that we actually made, right? Uh, that one's obviously really good. I believe it's like one of the highest win rate decks on uh, Untapped. I know Dara tweeted it out and didn't credit me. <laughs> uh, no, deck credit is not real. Uh, that's a very obvious thing to try. And I'm pretty sure Jeff Hoagland tried it as well. Uh, but like it's it's just a a powerful shell. And then the one I was trying was I think one that I found it on Untapped, but I, I brought it up uh, in my like good player group chat and Lambie was like, oh, yeah, that that's one that I've been playing. I'm probably responsible for half of those stats. So <laughs> that's where the uh, the doom one came from. Mm -hmm. it, it stuck with me because a, a thing Jeff brought up is like, why are you playing Iron Lad? And the answer I was I came up with is like, you know, I'm playing Iron Lad. So because it's just a good card. Right. Mm -hmm. But what if we put a better card in for Iron Lad to hit? That's doom. We can run Chavez, draw Zabu a little bit more. That's like, you know, helpful in the mirror. Right. The issue is actually casting the card. Doctor Doom is pretty bad a lot of the time. <laughs> like, is it, casting those mirrors you can, better though? That like, no, obviously, but she's not there for you to cast. Yeah. you know, like she's she's there so other stuff can happen. But like, maybe we're cutting Chavez. I don't really know. But like, there there are three forms of it. But like, it's not really. None of them are something I feel particularly confident saying. Oh, this is the build, mm. right? They're all like probably pretty damn good. Because, you know, they're all built around the same core of like Zabu, Rockslide, Korg, Darkhawk, Iron Lad, Enchantress, Shang-Chi, Killmonger as eight cards. <laughs> like, it's actually just like every single one of them is going to run those eight cards. And that's, yeah, that's a good thing to do. What do you think? That's all people talk about like, oh, you're, you're just putting eight cards around Darkhawk package. It's like, no, it's the other way around. You're, you're you're putting four cards around the eight card Zabu package. Yeah. What do you what percentage of the metagame do you think is on the Black Bolt stature version of the list? A lot less. So actually, no, hold on. I actually think it's a lot more. Okay. Like it should be a lot less, 
but Legion is still a rare card to see. Is it like mm, my- I still see Black Bolt stature people and I beat the hell out of them. Could you but f- I don't know if that's meaningful because I don't know if I'm just like doing better or getting lucky, you know? Could you find well, first question, do you think that Wave would be good against the Moon Girl list? Magic is really fucking tough to deal with for mm. a wave deck. Yeah. And like that is that is like the fundamental thing where it's just like, holy fuck, that is turning your guaranteed win into a 50-50 is just mm. yeah. Awk. Even because like it turns it into like, okay, do I save this for the next turn? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh fuck. Uh so I think I think that's the major issue that 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 kind of stuff has. The more they curve out the magic, like it'll probably work once, mm-hmm. you know? It'll probably work once, but eventually they'll be like, yeah, I'm saving this magic for your wave turn, and they'll probably get you with it. Yeah, so the reason I ask is, um, you know, with the Moon Girl deck potentially rising in popularity after recent success, and then you see Black Bolt Stature being a variation of the Darkhawk deck that, you know, is maybe rising in popularity or just a popular deck at that. You have a card in the form of magic and not magic, sorry, wave that could potentially wave, really hurt both, both hurt both yeah. of those strategies. But, you know, the context of magic has changed quite a bit because that card was reworked and it's definitely not the same. Um, I think that it's, it's interesting because you're, you're playing this deck into regular conquest, right? So you're playing into sort of the normal meta that we queue up every single day into rather yep. than sort of this hyper, um, I don't know. Optimized. Yeah. Hyper optimized meta, which would be like a Swiss tournament or something like that. We could look at these tech cards. Are you considering any cards? And if you're not comfortable talking about them, that'd be totally cool. Are you considering any cards that are sort of, I don't know, out there a little bit unpopular that you no. might control? I mean, Echo, maybe I'm I'm going to consider Echo enough to buy her. Yeah. But like, no, dude, you know me. I, I, <laughs> the best I am guy. the meta. Yeah. yeah. The best. Yeah, I'm not guy. even I'm not even the best deck guy. Just I, I things are good for a reason. Mm. Like, I think Thanos actually had an under 50 percent win rate in. Uh, in the snap fan open, and I have no explanation for that other than, you know, it was also the most played deck. So like a lot of the time, the most played deck will have an under 50 percent win rate because everyone knows to prepare for it. And it's been like three straight weeks of hey thanos <laughs> so uh echo was like the fourth most played one drop in the entire field so it's very clear that people were prepared for the deck i think it was uh thanos was under 50 percent dark hawk was like right behind it in representation and was still like a 53 percent win rate which is just like boy that's uh <laughs> that's something because like what beats dark hawk right now yeah and i here's something i just absolute just fucking spitballing no thought process behind it is just like well, what used to beat Darkhawk was Bounce. It just did the the points more. Mm-hmm. And is there a deck that can just do the points more than Darkhawk right now? And can that deck rely on Thanos and Darkhawk to scare the combo decks away? Because right now, what Darkhawk's success is built on is it's pretty good normally. It's going pretty tall. Mm-hmm. But it whips the shit out of every fragile combo deck ruins you are you trying living tribunal fuck you are you trying something that dies to a shang chi fuck you are you playing like a destroy deck and counting on a big null or arnim zola fuck you no you're not and like that is the that is what dark hawk's job is right now Mm -hmm. it is keeping the metagame safe from the scams and right now if you look at like you know archetype 
incidence rate in these tournaments, it's done that. No one's playing that crap anymore. And so now the question is, what is the effective way of targeting that? And you see the She-Hulk Moon Girl decks, right? The idea there is the effective way of targeting it is just numbers. I'm just going to play numbers. I'm going to play numbers. We're going to go to a turn seven. Your Darkhawk is going to be smaller. You're going to have priority. Your tech cards aren't going to work. And I'm going to play big idiots. And you're dead. Because that's how numbers work. And that's like the sort of role that Bounce played in the previous metagame. Where it's just like, these combo decks didn't exist because Magic wasn't in her current form. Yeah. And so Bounce was just, I am numbers. And I throw priority. And now there's these Moon Girl decks that are like, I am numbers and I throw priority. But there's more of an ability for you to attack them because a deck like that will never beat Living Tribunal in a million years. It just it can't happen. It will never beat the Living Tribunal nut draw. You cannot. It cannot ever do it mm. because when your whole game plan is now numbers. You lose the ability to do what Darkhawk do does, which is find a balance between those numbers and the tech. Yeah, I mean this. This is actually a so something that's been going on for a while in Snap is you have the Point Slam deck, and the way to beat the Point Slam deck, the best Point Slam deck, which is usually the best deck, is like there are these sort of somewhat rogue and underplayed combo decks. I mean, you saw this. Uh, you know, at the the UK tournament with the list that Moyen brought, with like those those decks went super tall, and there were there were decks that were utilizing Wong and stuff like that. And that Electro list was one that I suggested, and I'm still mad that it didn't do well <laughs> because I think it was a great read. Yeah, I think it was a great read. Just, I genuinely do. You just um, yeah, you can't. You sort of we are usually balanced out by that. But I wonder, can I do, that do if it, I, I, honest to God, I thought that was such a good read. It, 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 but like the issue is I thought it was a good read because I thought basically everyone would be playing what Lambie and Browday brought. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't true. But like if everyone was playing bounce and high Evo lockdown. Oh, my God. <laughs> like It's so free. Fuck. I'm so mad about that. I mean, yeah, I mean, that just reminds me that I think the, the two deck format is it could be three deck, but two deck unique card format, I think is like, it's goat. so I think free. It's, it's, it I think was it's, so free, I think it's the goat. It's the goat. Oh, it's the goat format oh. for snap, by the way. Like it, it adds so, a, such so a dynamic upset. to tournament tournament metagaming. That's why we're still talking about the metagame of this tournament weeks later. Um, I, I will say I did talk to Moyen about it and he does not agree that it is a, it is the goat format. He thinks that it basically he just wants turns more decks, into like, I think. No, he turns. He thinks it turns it into QRNG. Uh, I think that there is some QRNG, but I think most, I think that if you were going to make a critique of the format, I think my critique would be is that you don't actually bring two decks. You bring one deck and then you bring a proxy deck to give your opponent an objectively correct decision to not play a certain deck into you. Your opponent can do QRNG and they can pick a suboptimal decision, which may happen. And that's where it gets interesting is there's mind gaming there. But most of the time, it's you have brought the best deck or what you think is the best deck, and you've brought a proxy deck. And most people did that. Lambie, right. Lambie brought that list. Like, we talk about Lambie's list, the lockdown list. Like, he had no intention to play that list, pretty much. I think that they had maybe... Right, but like that, that that's sort of the thing that I think like I would feel, I feel for Moyen on that. Because if everyone just played the one deck, I'm almost positive he had the best one. Yeah. Well, I saw his, like, I saw his lineup, and I was actually quite. Uh, that was one of the decks I was worried about, mostly because I couldn't play bounce into it, and now I have to play this. Yeah, you bad just, you, you can't play bounce. Like my thought process would be, you bring like looking back at it mm -hmm. a month and a half later, 
the electro deck has to be paired with a bounce deck. And that was our whiff. Yeah. I think so. I think so. It, it's it's super. okay. So question. Like, about, I feel like if you do that, you have absolutely no bad matchups in the entire field. Question about Marvel Snap metas. As they mature, do you think that they trend towards the Point Slam deck being just what ends up being the best deck weeks later as we sort of let this as we've let the meta settle a bit? I mean, I've just felt like that is where it's usually landed. Is like you'll have these. These sort of mid-rangey lists, they have the tech cards, you'll have these combo lists, which are usually uh, quite unpopular, lockdown, etc. But it tends to just be those points slam lists, I think, that come out on top as the best decks. Because, right, you can't beat the combo decks when they draw the nut draw. But in a game of Conquest, you can somewhat play around it, right? You know, you have to be very conservative with the games that you stay in, and you try to leverage as much advantage as you can as when you perceive they don't actually have the combo. Um, but nevertheless, do you think it's possible that the Moon Girl deck, because it's not being targeted enough, is the best deck in the format? Because if, re- if I'm reading between the lines, listening to everything you're saying, I think that you think Darkhawk is the best deck. I actually think Thanos is the best deck. Okay, interesting. <laughs> like, I, 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 this is all just my personal experience, but I find it so fucking hard to lose with that deck. Okay. Like, I think uh, two of the last four gold conquests I've completed have been with Thanos decks. I haven't lost with it in like three or four days. And like, I, I, look, I don't know. It's just like, I, I find it very hard to lose when I play the deck. I obviously, now that I've jinxed myself, <laughs> I'm fucked. But like, I, 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 everyone's like, oh yeah, the Dark Hawk is a bad matchup. And like, yeah, it is, but it's not unwinnable. I like, yeah, I'm fine with it. And you just like, you, like the thing with Thanos is you just whip the shit out of like so many different things. You have like weird bad matchups, like high evolutionary or not high evolutionary, uh, like, like living tribunal. Yeah. Like, your your dark hawk you're not dark hawk dark hawk's a bad matchup but like i think it's i think it actually like honestly is a worse matchup than i think it is because i mostly play against players who don't understand when they should be snapping it uh dark hawk players could be pressuring me a lot more i think but like just fundamentally the thing thanos does turn four professor x turn five spider-man Scam. That's really yeah. fucking good. It is unbelievably strong it's, to do that. It's a scam like that is just sure. like it's just it's just like get out, dude. You're done. And even if like even just to turn for Professor X, like there's just there's so much power. There's so much power there. I just think people have really cottoned on to the fact that like it is. It is super, super ongoing reliant. Mm. Like, it is just extremely ongoing reliant. And that is a way you can, uh, a way you can target it is because of that. Yeah. Well, speaking of ongoing reliant, I forgot to mention this, but I don't know if voting is still open for the tournament, but they allow you to vote for somebody participating. And if you vote for the right person, you do get a spectrum variant, which is not exclusive, but it is super rare. I know. I will say this. If you aren't going to vote for me, 100% vote for Johnson. Okay. Irim Hong. 100%. Or Hong Irim. I don't know which one is the first name or the last name. And I apologize for that. Because I am a stupid, uncultured American, and that is uh, my own failing. Uh, without question, if you aren't going to vote for me, vote for him. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think that um, he's favored? You know, he's favored to win the tournament potentially. He is an extremely talented player who does not have a large enough audience to be that worried about stream sniping. Yeah. That is the sweet spot. <laughs> I get stream sweat sniped in normal conquests. <laughs> in proving right? grounds, actually. I get stream sniped all the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually like people are going to be like, oh, KM, you're paranoid. Really? Well, check out my, my video I did on... Uh, did a video uh, where the third game of the conquest was literally a guy who showed up in chat and was like, don't worry, dude, I'm not watching. I'm just listening as we were playing and then like would chime in. Like I was like, I, was, I would say something like, oh, I'm really wondering if he has a magic here. And then like, he'll be like, yeah, I had the magic. here." <laughs> it's just like, like, yeah. And that's just the guy that's willing to admit it. Yeah. Anecdote <laughs> yes. for uh, for all the listeners. We interviewed Alex uh, Kocha. So you remembered yeah. that last week. And we actually were delayed because Cam was getting sniped in a Proving Grounds game. <laughs> you can't let him get away with that, right? <laughs> Lawson's fine, but you can't let him get away with like they did the scumbag thing where I snapped on turn one in the proving grounds and they waited until they drew their good cards and then snapped me back. And I was like, all right, I guess you're staying in here with me, dude. Yeah, like, it's, it's interesting because this uh, the tournament is occurring over a three hour period. Um, there is I mean, who gives no one can, forget about the prizes. But the glory, <laughs> there's a lot at stake. You know, there's relatively a lot of stake. People, there? people. Yeah, I think that there's. It's a higher stakes tournament. It's very public. It's not like it's not like if you That's lose not, it, like, it's bad. The thing. They didn't want it to be that. Yeah, but it is that. They wanted it to be like a fun little casual thing. Well, the thing is, is that we don't have derivatives of that, right? There's not other things going on that substitute that competitive right. desire that the community has. And they go, hey, yes. vote for your favorite content creator to win. I mean, there's there's some glory to be had there. And there's people that I are interested. people in should understand that, like, it, over a three-hour period, it's going to be orange. Yeah, high variance, for sure. Like, I I, I, I have shown the capability to do this, right? Mm -hmm. I went 11-0 in four hours. I went 8-0 in three. I can do that, but I won't always. Yeah, it's, it's super <laughs> like, random. Like, it's, it, it, it like I'm not going to always do it. Like, it, that'd be ridiculous, right? Like, obviously, I have shown that I have the capability to do it. And, like, if it happens on the day, it happens on the day. But it's a fucking card game. Yeah, all card games are like that, though. All, ca all, ca all card games are if it happens on the day. Even things I think setting it up with win streak is specifically like that more. Yeah. Where it's like. You go seven one, but if that's a three and a four, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. And like, if you go seven one in a tournament, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> Top that's eight. very different. You could right? have won the tournament actually if it was uh, not a right. So my like, point, my that's... point was Cam though. I think that people are, you know, people that want to want to watch the world burn are very incentivized to grief you <laughs> in a three oh, yeah. hour period. Because I mean, it's a 100%. short period. There's not there's... roping anyone roping. Oh god! Don't even right? say. Like, I'll bleep that out. Even don't... <laughs> just doing that. Yeah. Even just doing that is bad, right? Because you're like incentivized to just concede immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's funny because this is this has happened in other games as well. So there's a popular shooter called Apex Legends, and before that game took forever to have. Uh, basically private lobbies so that you could run actual competitive events. So they used to do kill races where teams would just queue up for an hour so you would get the most kills. Well, 
doesn't work very well uh, because like, for instance, in like the North America servers, people have been playing the game longer. Maybe, you know, they're more connected to streamers. So they were a bit, you know, the lobbies would die faster. So what people would do is they would cheese it. They'd go to Sao Paulo servers where people were, you know, role playing a bit more, playing a battle royale, hiding a little bit more, and they would stay alive longer. They get more kills. It's like, it's so cheesy and also griefing, right? You know, in a specific period of time, it's like, I can, I can cause extreme damage to KM because I've just happened to queue into him. Because even if I rope him, even if I rope him, he's in a bad scenario. So, yeah, it's an interesting... I mean, like, this is the thing. Like, you call it extreme damage. You're not really damaging me. Yeah. Like, I'm making content off of this anyway. <laughs> I don't... I don't... I care, and I'm going to try very hard. But if I get griefed out of this, what you're doing actually is giving me an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> you can also get some funny content. Actually off of it too. Doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what you're actually doing. Uh, interesting, interesting tournament, uh, tournament rule set they decided to go for. Um, I, but yeah, like you said, I think it's a bit more popular than maybe, maybe they were planning for it to be. But I'll press this good press. Anyway, Kid, anything you yeah. want to say about. So the metagame, any other lists you want to highlight for people that are currently playing and trying to, you know, also succeed in Conquest. I know we covered both Darkhawk and Thanos, two decks you, you know, you say are the litmus tests or pillars of the metagame. But is there anything else you think uh, deserves an honorable mention? I mean, the Moon Girl stuff obviously does. Mm. Uh, I don't have a specific list yet. Like I said, I'm going to talk to Jet before tomorrow's stream, which we're recording this on a Saturday. Tomorrow is a Sunday. And we'll probably be investigating that. I'll have Lambie series on. We'll like hammer some stuff out. And I should have a, a better idea of how to do this kind of stuff once I talk with Lambie, who is like there are a lot of people who I think are uh, people I can learn from. But I think it he makes it very easy for me to learn from whenever we talk. And like so like it's one of those things where like I, I don't I don't know if people know this. I didn't know this. He watches me a lot. And so, so every so often what he'll do is he'll just point out a thing that I do and I'll be like, oh, fuck, <laughs> like, like he'll be like, I, he'll point out a thing and he'll be like, oh, my God, if we played, he would abuse the knowledge of this thing. Right. Like he'll be like, yeah, you tend to like your most common opening position is you have units across mm. all three lanes. That is such a card like, game. Oh, thing fuck, to do. you're right. Yeah. You're right about that. Dude, <laughs> like, that is such a card gamer thing to do it. Physical card games. Uh like some of the best players in the world, world champions, things like that. Um, I've tested with them in testing groups. I've had them come up to me after my games because you know they finished earlier watching over it. And like, you know, they go to some obscure turn. They're like, yeah, you just you make this mistake, and you. It's funny because you immediately get this like eager response. You're like, no, I thought about that, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's just like such a card game. And come on, it's like actually no, my, my ego response is that's why I like Jeff so much. Yeah, that's what I told him. It's not even a joke. It is why I like Jeff so much because it's like, oh, I fucked up early positioning. No, I didn't. What's up? <laughs> My early positioning was perfect. He yeah. bails you out. Jeff is so good. He's just such an absolute bailout card where it's like, oh, you, you messed something up early. I, you're, you're good, dude. I got you. <laughs> like, you, he's, a, he's a safety blanket. I love him. Awesome. Well, anyway, Cam, best of luck in the tournament. Um, I know you have you have my vote. I'll be I'll be tuning in. Um, hopefully it's hopefully it's interesting. I, I don't know if I'm gonna be, you'll be coaching me. Yeah, you're gonna, you're, yeah, yeah, I will. I will. I think that it's interesting. I'm, I've been thinking about like what we're gonna do because by the time I coach you, I'll, sure. I'll be the last person, right? Well, the last person. Yes. So you'll have enough reps on every single deck, most likely by that time. So crunch time before a tournament. It's like what are we actually focusing on? Do we have anything mechanically to fix? Probably not. Should we be changing any deck list? Probably not. It's like, 
we probably just need to get reps and focus on not making mistakes because the cleaner your play is, the more confident you are. I mean, that's what matters sort of the E before a tournament is making sure that you're confident and that you can just not punt, right? Because you know, you know all the correct decisions to make deep down, you know them, right? It's just about not, not deviating from that path. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know I'm, what we're going to do by that point. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do about it either, but like, I'm grateful for all the people who are willing to help me basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think I have a good shot, but it's a card game and I am a nervous person and I could very easily just go out there and shit the bed. Uh, it happens. Okay, Cam, I'll tell you that I think you have a good shot, but this is probably one of the most high variance tournaments formats I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, no, like, and it is, there's a lot of, yeah. yes, there's a lot of coin flipping, a lot of potential uh, opponent RNG. One of the things I thought about is here, here, I got a pitch for you. I change my name. I thought that would be a good idea. And block it out on the screen. No, I think that's genuinely a good idea because the way you're going to get griefed. So you could get griefed by like someone who's who genuinely wants to, their intention by being there on that day with their time is to grief you, right? So they're in your stream. They 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 see the, your opening hand. They see their opponent. They see you play in turn one and they're that committed. That's unlikely. They are the outlier. Much more likely to go up against someone. They see KM best. They turn the stream. They see turn the name. Time, yeah. They're like, Ah, yeah. <laughs> I've always this won. This is my chance. This is my this is my this is my fifteen seconds of fame. So I actually think that's a genuinely a good idea, and I don't think it's like, um, you know, I don't know. There's no, there's no gray area there, right? Like that just kind of makes sense as a thing to do. I'm thinking about changing it to Wappenheimer. Well, don't tell people what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> it can't be Wappenheimer. <laughs> Maybe I'm throwing you off the track. It's a, the name of a Gucci Mane song. Yeah. All right. Relax. Yeah. The, uh, I think that would, that would reduce all of your concerns by like 90 to 95%. Like It would be a significant, like, I think, I think I owe it to the people who voted for me to do that. Basically. Yeah. Uh, like, like I, I can't promise that I'm going to win, but I can promise that I'm going to do everything I can to do right by the people who voted for me. Mm -hmm. And that means prep. That means I'm actually going to buy Echo for fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, just just because of how ongoing heavy the meta is like, there's probably a place for her and I need to at least investigate it. There's a couple of decks that I want to try her in. Uh, it means that I am going to uh, probably open for Mirage and that Thanos variant for good luck. <laughs> I, I'm going to do everything I can. Pay you to pay you back for voting for me, right? Like, am I one hundred percent going to do it? No, it's a high variance format, and there's a lot of good players in the field. Johnson, Ordinary Harry, Jeff, Dara, just to name a few. And oh, while I've got people here, um, I think it sucks that an event like this did not have Lambie series and educated Collins in it. Uh, I just wanted to get that out on record. Uh, I, I, I get I guess that they must have been going for some kind like a, a more of a casual thing, right? Less of a like, oh, well, let's invite Lambie and he'll just try hard at the whole time. I mean, right? Lambie like, probably didn't want that. Lambie is a casual. But, Lambie's just a streamer at this point. He's not even a competitive streamer, right? He's just like he's just come on. <laughs> no, he obviously he's competitive, but, like, but he's he's like a normal. He streams like very normal hours. So I was also very surprised when I didn't see Lambie. I. Oh, oh, you mean like that? Yeah, yeah like yeah, he's absolutely. he's but a like, I, normal streamer. I, I don't get it. I don't get it personally. That's my guess. Obviously, like sometimes when I say that's my guess, 
it's my way of being like, haha, wink, wink, NDA. But no, that this actually like it's just a guess. Yeah, I have no I have no other possible explanation for why those players would not be in this field. Yeah. So and I I do think that. If they do events like this, I would want them to be more competitive. in this. For sure. Well, I'll say that first off, I agree with you. But second, to play devil's advocate, putting on an event like this, I think that if you have if you have the player cap, which you probably do at some point, especially yes. for something like this, you're going to have to leave somebody out. I know it feels like you know someone with Lambies, it's like a gross you left. It's like a gross leave out, right? Yeah, like he, yeah he's it, like in the yeah. twenty top twenty most watched yeah. Marvel Snap streamers by average viewers very cleanly. But it's just gonna like, it's just gonna happen. And like I think that these this is one of those events where. You know, it's probably a bit proof of concept, to be honest. And yeah, yeah, it's just a little. It's it's it was surprising, and maybe it's unfortunate, but that just happens, I, I dude. Know. I just want to I just want to get it on record where because like I did not feel comfortable. Like I've used my I guess minimal influence to make things happen before, mm-hmm. you know. And an event like this being run by the people it's being run by. I didn't feel like I had the latitude to be like, hey, can we get these people in? And I will say that I regret that. And I feel like, you know, not like, oh, I I could have made it happen, but I do feel like I should have tried. And I feel a little bit of guilt because as a competitor in the event, I am undeniably benefiting from my own inaction. In that if those two <laughs> players were in this event, it would, make it it would harder. be much harder for me to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so I feel I feel guilt over that, where it's like to the point that I, I have explicitly told both of them that if something like this ever happens again, if I'm in something and they're not. I'm going to try to get them in Yeah, <laughs> like regardless of what that does to my ability to stay in the thing, mm-hmm. like regardless, because like one of the things that I, I, I worry about the most is like, oh, I'm going to come off like I'm annoying and entitled. I, I try very hard to not come off someone's out there laughing right now i try very hard to not come off annoying and entitled especially when i interact with people who are like adjacent to people who make the game things like that right but i do think at some point i have to get over that and try to use my platform to help people that deserve to be in places get to those places Mm. um and that is a lesson that I took from this that I think extends far beyond Marvel Snap and the game itself. I think if I take anything from this, it will be that, mm-hmm. which is my platform is my platform and I need to use it not just responsibly, but to my own ethical standards. And I feel like I should have done more. And I am very explicit about my goals in the future are to do even more with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's sort of where I'm at. Yeah, I don't really know what that looks like in the future other than what I already talked about. But like. I also just think that generally speaking. It is a little bit frustrating to me. That marginalized communities don't have a lot of representation in Marvel snap outside of this, this conversation. It's something I wish I was able to use my platform for more 
and this is more like a general thing. If anyone has any ideas as to what the fuck I can do about that, I, I, I'm all ears. Sounds good. Well, I mean, on a tangent note, I was thinking about our coaching session. I've decided it's going to be on brainstorming the most innocuous screen names you could possibly go by in order to not get sniped. Uh, the Code Deco guys used to use the word Alfred. Alfred. Well, just, we're like, going like, to use Jerry T. We, have, we Jerry, have a list of bot names. Jerry T's old, old screen names. name. I can't remember what it was. But Yellen? Yeah, he leaked it to us. <laughs> yeah, Yellen. It used to be Yellen. I don't know if it still is. Nah, Probably he changed it, anymore. Yeah. Anyway. Pick like a random Genshin Impact character. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, well, if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, and you've been listening, you know, for a few weeks, the number one thing you do to help us out is leave us a review. You can do this at ratethispodcast.com slash snapshot, or you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Either works. If you're listening to this on pod platforms, there's a video version of this on YouTube at youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot that like and subscribe while you're there. Almost at 2000. Now, Twitter's Brendan APG and Cam Best MS. Wait, wait, we're at 2000. Very close. We're like 1.75 or something. <clears throat> but- Why aren't you in the creator program? Oh, I don't know. I submitted a I submitted a thing a while ago. Actually, I just didn't. I don't know. Didn't hear anything back. No, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know you submitted it. I did, I, but I don't know. I just figured it was like whatever. Um, yeah, we're like one point seven five, close to two k. The thing about our podcast and our YouTube channel specifically is that like a pretty crazy amount of people that watch it and listen to it are not subscribed. So if you hear this, this is your call to action. Just click it. Is that actually true? Like yes, we got it's a like of... insane. It's like 60, really? to 60 plus percent. It's a lot, uh, which makes sense because we do a lot of collaborations with with other content creators. Um, but yeah, this is your this is this is your this is uh, this is your call to action. Hit that hit that sub. Cam, your Twitch schedule. Uh, good question. No, yeah. it's uh, six p.m. Uh, it's gonna be. Sunday, Monday, Conquerors is Tuesday. We might be doing long streams Tuesday, Wednesday, depending on how the 48 hour leaderboard thing shakes out. I do have a job, so obviously I can't do like I'm going to stream for 48 hours, but I could probably do a couple of eight hour pairs, maybe see what I can get done there. Uh, That's obviously just a shitload of Marvel snap. And, uh, you know, it will all be powered by my crippling addiction to pre-workout from gamer subs, uh, code KMB for 10% off there. I'm a very, very willing shill. Uh, so it'll probably be like that unless I like, like just absolutely crush the broadcast or something. I, I, I think it'll probably be like that. Most likely be grinding for that 48 hour leaderboard slot. We'll see about it. I don't really know. It should be easier to get the 48 hour one than the broadcast one, because I suspect that probably half the creators in the thing will not go past like tryharding past the broadcast. <laughs> I think it'll yeah, be dude, a little bit of a wild. smaller field. Yeah, uh, I also know there are other people with jobs that said because of the 48 hour thing, I, that, that's the other reason why I think people should vote for Johnson, because I, I do not. I, I genuinely do not know if he has a job and he's really fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is like if they end up doing prizes for broadcast and 48 hour, I feel like he's close to a lock for 
48 hour. I think if Lambie was in the tournament, he'd be very hard to beat in the 48 hour. He plays. Oh like, my he, god! He, ta- he talks it down. He's like playing playing this much snap is a joke compared to what he used to do for Hearthstone. Apparently, no. Like he would actually play 24 of those 48 hours. Oh like, my god, <laughs> dude, that is a like he weird would tournament actually format. do that. That is such a bizarre. And like he has. Format. I, I am fairly certain he does not have a day job. So like that is another person where I would just be like, holy fuck, it would be it would be impossible to beat him. Right. Dude, I yeah. with a day job, I'm just going to have to I'm just going to have to bust my ass and uh, do what I can here. By the way, I just wanted to thank everyone for uh, the well wishes for my cat. Um, not great is basically the update I can give you all. She is still building up fluid inside her they've slowed the rate but if they don't stop like if they can't get her heart to function such that the fluid doesn't build up it's only a matter of time unfortunately her next appointment is on august 9th so i'm just doing my best not to think about it as much as i can and they put her on steroids so she's like she's really feeling herself if anyone remembers like right after trump got covid they put him on like the good drugs and he was out there like telling uh, crowds how much he loved them and all that stuff. Like, does anyone, anyone? I don't know if anyone remembers that. It might just be a thing that I remember. But like, they put him on the just the good shit, and that is my cat right now. She is she is on the good shit. So at the very least, if if she does have some limited time here, she's going out zooted. She's enjoying herself. Oh well, I, I hope I hope it gets better. But yeah, I, I know how tough that can be. Anyway. Thank you all. I, I, I have had to cancel multiple streams because I was like literally breaking down crying. So like, yeah, it's not great. But the upside of, you know, taking days off to cry is you have spent a lot of time processing, basically. Right. Like I am at a point where I am grateful for the time we had with her. And if it can continue, that would be phenomenal. And if it can't continue, then I just want to give her the best time she can. So it took me like a month to get here. Yeah, <laughs> like it's 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 not like it was very easy for me, but I'm extremely grateful for the hundreds of people who have reached out and wished her well. I've never been in a situation where hundreds of people cared about any minutia of my daily life. It's just it just hasn't been a thing. And I'm very grateful. For well, hopefully it all works out. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye.